Hey guys, welcome back to our Broadway Vibes Only podcast. This is Valerie and Josh. And today we're going to be talking, um, we're actually going to be jumping around a little bit today to spring 2018. Uh, yay! Claps for that, snaps for that. Um, yes. And we have a little bit of a surprise today with a special guest, my very own blood-related sister, Lindsay. And so, Lindsay, uh, talk a little about yourself right now. Hi, everyone. How's it going? My name is Lindsay. I am Valerie's older sister, um, and I'm honored to be here on this podcast tonight, Broadway Vibes Only. Um, yes, um, I am a three years older than Valerie and we grew up in a very theatrical music loving household together our um, our shining moment was really when I was the sour kangaroo and she was the baby kangaroo in musical that went down in history absolutely. um yes um but ever since then that was when I was in eighth grade and I loved performing ever since then um and when I went to college I went to Ithaca College I decided I did not want to perform and I have never regretted that decision. <laughs> um, wow. It was too much for me, but um, I studied theater arts management and I graduated in 2019 with my bachelor's science degree. And um, yeah, so I worked uh, my, before my senior year of college, I worked at Roundabout Theater Company as the casting intern in, um, roundabout in New York, also known as Jim Carnahan Casting, and they offered me to come back on the team after I graduated in the summer of 2019. So I worked for them in the casting department until the pandemic hit, um, and then I was laid off. Um, but it's fine because that happened to a lot of people. Um, but I really loved it, and I learned so much, and I had so much fun, and it was really cool to working you know professionally in theater and doing what I really loved which was you know doing watching people shine and performing so yeah that's just a little bit about me I guess yes thank you so much Lindsay um so yeah so we're gonna get started today so um Basically, why we kind of skipped around a little bit was we realized that this season is awesome and we are going to be starting with spring because fall, long story short, is irrelevant. Besides the band's visit, Spongebob and Once on this Island revival, um, we'll eventually talk about those, but we're going to sp focus on spring because it seems to have more spice, if you will. Yes, I agree with you on that. I think, I mean, I think there are three really strong shows that opened in the fall, but I think the spring really, yeah, the spring really hit it for us. Right. Okay. So first show we're talking about, which I'm not going to lie, if it was up to me, I'd probably skip it, but it's okay because I know you love it. Um, Escape to Margaritaville, which frankly, I know nothing about. I just... Jimmy Buffett reminds me of like barbecues with my grandparents like in elementary school in the summer and like I just like don't always like associate that with a Broadway musical but you you can you can tell me you can maybe convince me why Escape to Margaritaville is worth my time. Okay so Lindsay I'll just start and then you can finish but basically Lindsay and I both saw it. We saw it in May of 2018 and I'll be honest, we were probably the only sober ones in the theater, but it was so good. Like, I don't care what anyone else says. I actually thoroughly enjoyed myself and not because I was drunk. Like I actually loved it and it was just so good. Like the music was so good. Well, also we're, we're biased because our dad loves Jimmy Buffett, but, and we've listened to Jimmy Buffett all our lives. However, I loved the story. Like they created such a fun story and we actually have a personal connection to the show. So I'll let Lindsay talk about that also. Yeah, I was gonna say that we have some bias towards the show for multiple reasons. Like Valerie said, we kind of grew up in a Jimmy Buffett household. So we went with our parents and they loved it. <laughs> um, but uh, also one of my childhood friends and Valerie's, um, uh, 
was cast in the tour of the show. So um, from the fall and through the pandemic, he was out on tour with Escape from Margaritaville. So I saw it on Broadway and I also went to see him in it in Providence, Rhode Island um, early on in the tour. So I have that special connection to it as well. Um, like Sally said, like, I mean, you know, it's, I didn't like love it as much as Valerie did. It's pretty bad um, in a lot of what? ways. It is bad in a lot of ways, but I do, after I saw it the second time, I was like, they really, they, it was one of those jukebox musicals that was not a biopic. It was not like Jimmy Buffett's life. It was like a separate story that they incorporated Jimmy Buffett's music into. So they did it really creatively. Like they really like played up like the shaker of salt. Like there was this guy who was constantly looking for his shaker of salt. So by the time it got to Margaritaville, he could be like searching for my lost shaker of salt. Like they set up his whole storyline just so he could sing that line. And I thought that was brilliant. Right. Um, and here's the but, thing, so, Lindsay, like I personally... I like to go to theater for many different reasons, but my number one priority is to have fun. So of all course. you non-theater people that are listening to us just because you love us, you should eventually see Escape to Margaritaville because I'm sure it's going on tour again. It is the perfect non-theater musical, non-theater person musical. It's fun. It's silly. It's not super like serious or you don't really need to be like super smart to watch it. um and not not to dumb down our listeners um but you know I, it's just it's a good time it's a good time but it's it's not it didn't get nominated for any Tony's I think Josh fact, fact checked me on that but I don't think it did uh and that is how it should be so yeah so speaking of awards Josh if you want to so before we go into our next show which is Frozen um, we wanted to look to see if there were like any nominations for Escape to Margaritaville in any sort of awards sector. There weren't, which is okay. I think it's the kind of show that's really just meant to be like a fun night out, kind of like a Rock of Ages type of vibe. Um, so I love Rock of Ages. Um, <laughs> but I do too. yeah. So let's get into our next show. So the next show, which is not coming back to Broadway after Broadway reopens, is Frozen. Um, so we've all seen the movie. It's based off of a Disney movie. Um, it didn't come out that long ago. It came out in what, like 2014? 2012. 2012. Yeah, it did not come out Almost long ago nine at all. years. Yeah. That's crazy. Um, I remember seeing it in theaters. Same. I remember seeing it in the movie theater. Yeah. I was truly in like ninth grade. No, yeah. 10th grade. That's crazy. That I know crazy. you said it's not that long ago, but it's also like kind of a long time. <laughs> no, it was kind of a long time ago, I guess. Yeah, it's probably like in two years. That's going to be like 10 years ago. Yeah. Yeah. Or in one year. Yeah, no. Okay, so it came out about and 10 years ago. Still affecting people today. Yeah. Oh, totally. Big movie. Uh, had Edina Menzel in it. Kristen Bell. Lots of other great people. Um, and it became a musical really fast. I think they had, they announced that it was being adapted for the stage like three years after the movie came out. And then two years later, like it was ready on stage for like an out-of-town tryout, mm -hmm. um, which is kind of crazy. Um, compared to the rest of the season, I don't think it like did that great in the awards just because it didn't really have the chance to shine with the competition that um, was surrounding it. But I did see it and I had a great time at Frozen. I don't know what your thoughts on the show are. Right. So I'll go first. I didn't see it, but I am a big fan of the movie, of course. And I've heard good things. Um, I definitely think like I heard that it was pretty similar besides like there are a few new songs in it. But that's my take. Lindsay, if you want to take the reins on this one. Yeah. My first sentence in my journal is, I've been waiting for this musical for years and honestly was not disappointed. <laughs> um, so it was really great. Um, Casey Levy was amazing. 
Uh, and there was also some really cool puppetry that they did like send out of like a puppet, like Lion King style, which was really cool. Um, I'm trying to just like look, I mean, the, the quick change during yeah. Let It Go is just the best piece of like, I don't know, what, whatever oh, you really, call the it. the really fast quick change. Oh my God. Whenever that just comes off of her right before the big chorus, let it go. Yeah. Amazing. Um, yeah. Um, but you know, I would say that the one thing that disappointed was really like the chance they had to do magic with like her ice create her ice creations and like, you know, there she has like some sort of sorcery going on and they really just did like projections which right. looked really pretty, but it was kind of like, I wanted like a huge ice castle right. on the stage. And it was more like abstract than that. Um, so that was kind of disappointing. And Lindsay, um, tell a story about the lines mixed up. No. Didn't he mess up his line in Love is an Open Door? You told me that. that. You told me that Kristoff me- messed up his line and love is. Oh yeah, I wrote that down. I saw. Oh, I saw an understudy. Uh, oh no, I saw the understudy for Hans, and he was great, but he messed up his first line in "Love Is an Open Door." So I felt bad because everyone knows that song, but I don't. I don't remember what he said. What's the first line of "Love Is an Open Door"? I, like I think it had to do with like the sandwiches line. Like I mean, it's crazy what we finished each other's sandwiches. No, what, what's the first line? Oh, my life has been a series of doors in my face. Oh, and then it goes, and suddenly I'm into you. I know. And so I, I've been taking my own place. Yeah, Sorry, I don't remember I exactly. But... Something. I, I was looking for something that I just can't find because I'm still unpacking. So, you know what, whatever. <laughs> we'll figure that out later. Um, don't worry. But I don't know what his slip up was, but my journal says he did mess up a little bit. Um, but yeah interesting did people like react like harshly or I mean it was so quick I feel like he was just like all my life all my life you know or like I don't know it was like he just tripped up on something which he as an as a professional actor fixed very quickly um but just because like we all know that song I was like like, (laughs) whoopsie um but I did like I like the songs they added I mean they added some great songs for um for Elsa, and yeah. they gave um Kristoff more songs. Yeah. So yeah. Good. So what was it nominated for, Josh? Best so musical. Frozen was nominated for it. Actually, did pretty. Given the circumstance, did pretty well. For Drama Desk Awards, it was nominated in 2018 for Outstanding Actor in a Musical for Jelani Aladdin and outstanding puppet design and it won that so that's yeah. cool um and it was I, outstanding I, puppet design. I love what'd you say it was outstanding puppet design oh it was great puppet design and I will say I love Jelani Aladdin and I feel like he's one of those people who I like his career is really going to take off soon and I'm really excited he was um, gonna, yeah he was also in Hercules in the musical version of Hercules Yes. Oh yeah, with Krista Rodriguez or whatever that's coming. Mm-hmm. That's very that's very exciting. Um, that's a public yeah. theater production, right? Mm-hmm. Did you see that? I didn't um, because I kind of heard it was bad, and so I I didn't go. Um, but also tickets to the park are kind of hard to get. But um, he's, he's right. You have yeah. to like wait in line. Mm-hmm. You have to like yeah. wait in line for tickets, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's what I thought. Um, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So. It was nominated for that for the Drama Desk. Drama Leagues, Distinguished Performance, Distinguished Performance um, for Jelani Aladdin and Patty Murin, each respectively. And then Outstanding Production of a Broadway or Off-Broadway Musical, it was nominated. Didn't win anything. Um, at the Outer Critics Circle Awards, it was nominated for Patty Murin. Um, it was nominated for Outstanding New Broadway Musical. It was nominated for Score and for Projection Design. Now, projection design seems really specific. I don't know if that's an award that happens every year, but it was only nominated. So clearly something else beat it out. I don't know. That was probably like SpongeBob or something, I'm guessing. But mm-hmm. I just, I can't imagine any other show with complex project projection signs. 
design um yeah wouldn't have been frozen but I don't I wonder if it was up against plays or something oh you know what it probably was plays always I think Harry was Harry Potter this oh you're so right yeah Harry Potter totally beat it for projection designs yeah yeah Mm -hmm. Um, but I think projection design is something that they've been trying to get added to like tones for a while I think it's an up-and-coming modern day you know technique that has is being used more and more right right so what about Tony's um okay so in terms of the Tony's it was nominated for best book best musical and best score so it didn't get any acting performances I know this show was not super well-received critically. I think it's a combo of A, the like kind of, there was like kind of a rebellion against commercial theater this season. I don't know if you remember all the controversy because the three shows nominated. Yeah, exactly. Because it was SpongeBob, Frozen, and Mean Girls. And it was like- And then like the band's visit. And the band's visit, yeah. So when it, and like, I, I, think, remember, I remember my English teacher, like one of my English teachers in high school was like, when are we going to start having real Broadway musicals again that like aren't about like TV or movies? This was, this was actually, I won't say his name, but um, he like, he really was against it. And he was like, the band says it better win because why would Frozen, SpongeBob, Mean Girls when they're not even original Broadway shows? And I mean, I have my opinions. I think it's fine. I think they all did their own a- adaptations. Like they weren't exactly- like Oh, the totally. Movie. They're all new shows. They're all new, right. new pieces of work. Yeah. Right. Um, No, I totally agree. And I think when Frozen came out, I think critics were really quick to criticize it just because of they were like, oh, come on, like the movie just came out. It's a silly little kid's movie. Like it didn't really have time to grow into like the phenomenon, like Beauty and the Beast and other shows were able to. Um, But I don't know, who knows? Um, Who knows with these things? And it was doing well, but it couldn't have been doing that well because it, it's not returning to Broadway. So I don't know. But- I think they should have closed Aladdin instead of Frozen, but that's just me. I agree with you, actually. I liked Aladdin, and I did not love Aladdin. I, yeah, I saw Aladdin on tour. I liked it. It was, I mean, all the Disney shows have the same script. Like, they're all the same. Like, I was in Cinderella and Little Mermaid, and they were the same exact show, and I saw Aladdin, and it was the same. They literally had all the same jokes and everything. Like, it just has the same structure, the same layout. That's just my opinion. But and I didn't see Frozen, but maybe it was different. Yeah yeah similar it's it oh. very, it's just like very what you would expect from a disney show although i feel like the lion king is such a different level of disney yeah. that like you can't even compare a show like that to frozen well i was gonna say that i i do think frozen is the most modern out of all of those like it's still like the most it's still disney-esque but they did a lot of, it was modern as a movie as a as a disney movie you know and so now it's you know, it continued with that as a, as a musical. And I think I, I mean, I definitely noticed and connected to that, you know, but it's still, it's, it's, you know, I mean, it was adorable during Let It Go, all the little girls who were on their feet, like either singing along or like watching like this, right? you know, like just really like wide eyed and like, so happy to be there. It was so cute. That's kind of so pure. I love that. I know, I know, it was adorable. And it made up for the fact that during the rest of the show, you're like, I can't believe I'm sitting with five girls. Yeah. Um, but they like are so like entranced by it. <laughs> and that's wholesome, that's wholesome. To that's me. wholesome and really cute. Yeah, that's really cute and wholesome. Yeah. But it's only for today. It's only for today. It's agony to wait. It's agony to wait.
So the next show we're going to talk about is Angels in America. Um, this show was a limited run. It came from the National Theater, which is in London, and they've brought over a lot of stuff. Um, I know they like brought over Network with Brian Cranston, as well as The Curious Incident, um, Hades Town. Lots of different things came from the National Theater, um, and it ran from like the spring to around July. And it had a really good cast. Nathan Lane was in it. Andrew Garfield. Um, it was directed by Marion Elliott, who does a lot of the really big stuff in the National Theater. And she also um, directed the company revival that I'm really obsessed with, um, that I got to see right before the pandemic. Not to brag, um, <laughs> but it was great. Literally the Tuesday before Corona shut everything down. Yeah, it was so cool. And then like the world shut down and I was like, whoa. But yeah, it was awesome. Great. Yeah. Um, so yeah, Lindsay, you saw Angels in America. Yeah. I did see Angels in America. Um, I was about to, I saw the first part, or maybe uh, the second part, the, the day before I was going to start my internship, and I was interning at the office that cast the show, so I figured I should, you know, see it and learn about the cast. Um, it was really, really amazing. I mean, it's a really brilliantly written play that was written in the literal 90s, but could have been written today. Um, and uh, it's just, I mean, I don't know if we need context, but you know, it's about, it's set in the 80s during the AIDS epidemic. Um, and it just like centers on a bunch of people and their relationships and how they're like navigating this time. And a couple of them have AIDS and some of them are like cool with that and others are not. Um, and it's very, it's just so, it's just very interesting. Like some of it is realism and some of it is like very abstract and they blend super well. Um, and yeah, I mean, it's just, it's like the old, I, I, don't, I don't know if you, if you saw Josh or anything, but the inheritance was this year and like Angels in America was like the original inheritance. Right, like um, the OG yeah it's just like gay experience like with AIDS and like all that kind of stuff um but this one the inheritance uh, I don't know they both have elements of like abstract and like realism at the same time um but the acting really really stood out and it was truly truly wonderful I literally wrote I'm reading this I literally said give these men the Tonys like for Nathan Lane and Andrew Garfield I mean Andrew Garfield was controversial because he's not actually gay but he truly I was like this is a masterclass in acting like this is truly something else that I'm never gonna forget it was really really wild um Beth Malone was also in it and she's my homegirl I love her um, and she was awesome. Um, yeah, I'm writing down how Lee Pace got naked. and It was awesome. Um, but not because of his nudity. Like, he looked so, like, I don't know, it was during a very vulnerable scene. So he was, like, super, like, confident and, like, vulnerable in his, like, naked body. And I was like, Wait, okay. he was completely naked on stage? Yeah, you've never seen a show with full nudity? No, I actually haven't. Neither have I. Oh, wow. Wait, what other shows? I've seen many. Hair has full nudity in it. Really? The Inheritance. Yeah. Oh, hair. Yeah, hair. The Inheritance had full nudity. I saw this random play called Linda Vista that had full nudity. Um, uh, what else? I've seen a bunch, actually. Um, oh, yeah, it was in two parts. They were all almost, they were both almost four hours long um but they really separately the whole we were in I was in the theater total for seven and a half hours (laughs) (laughs) I I saw it on two days I saw it on in two days like two different days so it wasn't like how long was each how long was each three hours and 45 minutes oh they were in three acts I could never no, but it flew by. So wait, it was there like by. a, it's two parts, right? Yeah. So it's three, each, each part was three acts. 
Yeah. Got it. Was it, how was Nathan Lane? T- t- can you talk more about like Nathan Lane and Andrew Garfield? In it? Yes, they were incredible. <laughs> yes. Um, I said, let me just see. I said, Andrew Garfield was absolutely spectacular. He made me want to laugh and cry at the same time. I was sitting only four rows back for part two. So I could so clearly see that his eyes were welling for almost the entire show. And sometimes he would drool or his nose would drip uncontrollably. You can't, I said, you can't plan these things. Well, I guess you can if you're as brilliant as Andrew Garfield. <laughs> right. um, and then I said, Nathan Lane also did not disappoint. I always knew he was amazing, but he really showed the nooks and crannies of his acting in this one. Um, because I said, yeah, like it's just, it was like, it's such a serious show, but it's also so funny. And so you have to like switch back and forth very quickly. Right. Um, they, um, they were both brilliant. The big, the big winners across the board were Nathan Lane and Andrew Garfield. I'm just looking. Mm-hmm. In terms of what this show won, they seem to be the two things that consistently won awards in every single um, sector. So mm-hmm. in the drama desks, Andrew Garfield won for Outstanding Actor. Um, Nathan Lane won for Outstanding Featured Actor. Um, it also won Outstanding Revival of a Play, and it was nominated for Outstanding Puppet Design because of the angels and, like, the demons or, you know, like, the wings. I've seen pictures of that. There was some crazy, like, puppetry and also, like, ma- like not magic, but, like, stage magic where there were these, um, there were these, like, at one point there was a bed and two, there were these, like, two ghosts that came out and then they laid on the bed and threw this blanket over them and literally a split second later... Andrew Garfield comes out from the bed and the ghosts are just gone. That's so gone. Cool. I still have so I still cool. have no idea how that happened. Yeah. Um, but there were like some cool like little tricks like that that they had. That is so cool. No, I'm so yeah. happy that we have someone who has like real insight on this. Um, and then it was out uh, nominated for outstanding music, outstanding director, and outstanding actor for James McArdle, who lost to Andrew Garfield. Um, so yeah, Drama League Awards, it was nominated for Distinguished Performance by Andrew Garfield and James McArdle. Um, neither of them won, um, but who did win was Marion Elliott for Outstanding Revival of a Broadway or Off-Broadway Play. So I guess she took the reward of Outstanding Revival of a Play on behalf of the show. Yeah. Um, and then Outer Critics Circle, um, it won Outstanding Actor for Andrew Garfield, Outstanding Feature Actor for Nathan Lane, and it was nominated for Direction, Featured Actress for Denise Guff, um, Lighting Design, and it won Outstanding Revival also. Yeah. Um, and yeah. for the Theater World Awards, uh, we don't need to talk about that. That's not relevant. Um, okay, the Tony Awards. Okay, so it was nominated for... Best Actor in a Play, Best Costume Design of a Play, Best Direction of a Play, Best Featured Actor, Best Featured Actress, twice, um, Best Lighting Design, Best Original Score, Best Revival of a Play, Best Scenic Design, and Best Sound Design. It won Best Actor for Andrew Garfield. It won Best Featured Actor for Nathan Lane. Um, It won Best Revival. Um, But overall, I feel like it was the big, definitely play revival winner. I think in terms of the play categories overall, um, Harry Potter definitely gave it a run for its money, as well as several other plays like um, that had like good performances. I feel like I'm trying to think what other what the other big play performances what other were. plays, yeah. Um, maybe plays. No, actually, this was real. This and Harry Potter were really the only two big plays. I guess maybe like. Saint Joan, I know, got a lot of really good critical reception and lobby. I saw that one. Um, Oh, you saw Saint Joan? Yeah, I did. Was it good? It's fine. I mean, it's such an old play that I was like kind of bored, but um, but um, what's her name? Condola Rashad was awesome. Oh, she's so. And there was also Jack Davenport was also in it, which was like really random he's from smash and i was like whoa that's the guy from smash yeah um so i was like cool um but i don't know it's just they they did modernize it and like make it super under like understandable but at the end of the day it's like an antiquated play that was like kind of boring and long but yeah 
Okay. Um, but yeah, that's Angels in America. Should we talk about Mean Girls now? Yeah. I feel like, yeah. Okay. So the next show that we are going to be talking about is Mean Girls. Mean yeah. Girls opened on April 8th, 2018. It is not reopening, sadly, when Broadway. And that is so much. So weird to me. It was doing so well, too. I know. It was so good. I will say that we saw it in previews. We actually saw it in the last weekend of previews. Um, not to flex, but Kelly from The Office, she was there that night. Um, her name is Kelly, right? Yeah, Kelly from The Office. I think so. Yeah, she was there that night and we saw it on Instagram later, but it was so good. Um, literally, like whenever I tell you the soundtrack sounded exactly like the performance, like I'm not kidding. Like Taylor Loudonman was in- It was actually that good, I know. She is insane. And um, even Erica Henningsen, like she was so good too. Barrett Wilbur Weed, always so good. Everything was so good. Um, and- the guy that played uh, Damien, he actually went to Carnegie Mellon. So we, ta- I remember at the stage door, we talked about Pittsburgh and he was like, it's cold. And I was like, yeah, wait, let me make sure. Oh, yeah, so did, um, so what's his name? Went to Carnegie Mellon. Yeah, um, Kyle Seelig. Aaron Samuels, Aaron Samuels. Kyle they both Seelig. went to Carnegie Mellon. I, um, yeah, I saw the show in May of 2018. So like a little bit under, a little bit, under a month after it had opened, I think, because it opened, oh no, a little bit over a month after it had opened. Um, and it was right after it got nominated for all those Tonys, which was really fun and exciting. So it was like very exciting and I loved it. I mean, I wanted to be surprised. So yeah. I remember I saw it on a Sunday and the soundtrack had just been released that Friday, like the, the prior Friday. So I like forced myself to wait two days to see the show, which was very worth it because I think I enjoyed it more. And I think it's really interesting how they were able to put soft, they started in the same place and they ended in the same place, but the way they got there was really different. And I thought that was really creative and clever. Wait, what do you mean? Like, for example, she starts in Africa and she ends at the school dance with Aaron Samuels, but the actual process of getting there different like I feel like the story like I'm yeah I'm trying to think like they changed the song and the talent show and like the whole like concept of it and they changed like they added like social media and like having cell phones and like right so many things I feel like were like changed like about like the characters but also I liked the changes me too and I felt like it was so much more modernized and it actually had a good message like it actually did with the whole with the song stop we can play that here but whenever he's like stop when you want to send a seventh text but he's not responding stop or something like that like I think that's so clever and it's also just very modern and it really speaks to gen z and teenagers today so and i definitely think it's more relevant than the movie even though the movie will always still stay relevant but i agree it's um i like the changes stop when you send five texts and you get none back so you want to send a six one stop you gotta stop stop when you're failing math because you think it's more attractive to guys if you're stupid stop do better and stop Lindsay, yeah, no, I I was really impressed with how they adapted this into a musical, yeah. and I I think it'll like live on in like high schools. Like, I think this will okay. be the type of thing that like a lot of high schools will like do, um, because it's like you know. I want to do it. I want to be in it. I want to be. Oh. Karen. I want to sing. Uh, my name is Karen. I love that part. Oh, Karen I- Smith. Yeah, let's let's unpack the soundtrack. 
Um, yeah. what's what are your favorite songs? Um, honestly, okay, I love I'd rather be me, like definitely girl oh. moment. Girl boss moment for sure. Um, I also here I'm looking it up. You do you want to say yours while I like refresh? I used to be addicted, like whenever like in May, like whenever it came out, this is all I listened to. Yeah, I have a bunch of favorite numbers that I would love to discuss. Oh. I first of all, yeah, go ahead. What? I was sorry, I just saw sexy. Love that. Song. Oh, okay. First, I have to actually look. Let me look at the soundtrack so I don't forget. World burn. Yeah. Oh, okay. that's okay. Both so her, both of her songs, both of Regina's songs, can like so good. I wish I could sing them. <laughs> I love "Where Do You Belong." I think it's yes. so. I've thought it was so I remember I was like laughing out loud I was yes. like okay th- so this is like genuinely funny um <laughs> like I was like I actually think this is funny I don't think anything is funny by the way um and I thought that was hilarious yeah. I also really loved Meet the Plastics obviously and I um I'm yeah, sexy. I think my favorite's in Act One. My, I'm gonna. What we can do is we can have three Act One favorites and three Act Two favorites for this because we have so many favorites for Mean Girls. Okay. Um, my three Act One favorites are probably Apex Predator. Yeah, love. love. Someone gets hurt. Yep. And sexy. Okay. Okay, I'm gonna go next. Mine definitely stupid with love. Okay, I like that song. Sexy. And revenge party. Sorry, oh. I have to say it. Sorry. Now that's a party. A revenge party. A party that ends with somebody's head on a spike. Whoa, whoa. It's a revenge party with your two best friends. It's like a party with revenge, is what it's like. For this to work, you're going to have to oh, pretend. I, no, revenge party and um, where do you belong are like a close fourth. Yeah. Like they don't quite make it, but like. I see there are so many bops in this show. I also love in act two. I love world burn. Oh, I yeah. love I see stars and I love, you know what I love? I love how act one ends. I, yeah. I don't know if you remember. Yeah, of course. It's like in the cafeteria mm-hmm. and there's like, well, I'll play it because they have it on the soundtrack at the end of fearless, but there's this music and it's like, and it's, yeah. kinda like it's kind of like, what I like about the Mean Girls musical is that in the Mean Girls movie, Regina's just like straight up mean. Like everyone knows she's a bully. Everyone's like visibly scared of her. In the musical, it's more of like a sneaky, sinister, evil Regina where she's Taylor Louderman gave her a very like passive aggressive vibe. So yeah. at the end of act one, like you're legitimately scared of her. She's like, see you at lunch in, five, in gym class or whatever. And she just like walks out all the kids in the cafeteria. Their jaws are just like on the floor. Yeah. And I... I think that's what makes it so fun. Like everyone is, she was scary. And I think that's what makes it fun. Yeah. Because I was actually scared to see what was going to happen. Regina, I'm sorry this had to happen. It's fine for you. New hair, new skirt. It's fine. Till someone gets hurt. No, I, I was going to say that Fearless is actually one of my favorites. And it's actually probably not for everyone, but it's a great pace for me to run to. I'm like, I, only on a treadmill. Oh, I, or like jumping jacks. Fearless. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> Just saying, like, it's on my Broadway workout playlist. So it's, it's a good one. Sure. Um, and I love that song. I love Stupid with Love. Um now this had an out of town run yeah. which i think is interesting mm-hmm. yeah in dc because i tried to listen to some like clips of it yeah. it changed a lot i think some of the dc stuff is better than the broadway stuff yeah they changed in- a lot including the opening number mm-hmm. yeah i think the dc opening number is 
fire. And I also think <laughs> what Fearless used to be. I forget what it was called. But I thought whatever Fearless used to be is way better than what Fearless is now. Mm. Yeah. And they changed it for the tour. Like, they've definitely... I'd have to listen to it again. Yeah. But I definitely agree that it's going to be an amazing high school musical. Yeah. And I think line. you have a lot of fun with it because the music's good. Yeah. Yeah. And what I will say is that I think what you said, Josh, about not knowing the album going in is like a big thing. Just in general, like for for like a lot of shows, you'll always like it more if you don't know what's coming, I think. Um, But I think that's what happened to me and Val when we saw it. We had literally no idea what to expect. And so we were just like, like loving it because it was just like so new and fun. Um, So that's what happened to me. I mean, I... What I always say about shows is like, don't deny the visceral reaction that you have. And when I saw Mean Girls, my visceral reaction was, I love this. And I'm like saying this as I stare at the Mean Girl posters I bought at intermission at the show, because I was just like, my gut is telling me that I love this. Yeah, And it's, it's and so, so much fun to watch. Yeah. I yeah, think it part is. of it is being familiar with the movie, but not knowing how it's going to be played out in the musical. Like I was like, okay, like, like, I remember specifically, I, I saw Mean Girls twice. So the first time I saw it, I saw it with my friends from high school. And the second time I saw it, I saw it with my mom, who had seen the movie a long time ago, but who didn't really remember what it was about. And I remember at intermission, I was like, mom, like, act two is so fun because this is, like, all the good parts in the movie where, like, she gets hit by the bus and they have to go to the gym to have, like, the recuperating session or whatever. And, like, like yeah, you know, all of that. And I just, oh. And I also loved how, I don't know, I love the staging. Yeah. I don't know if you guys have any thoughts on that, but specifically for me, I thought in Act Two, World Burn with like the desk and the pink light, yeah. and then the way it ended in the gym very abruptly, I thought was just like really, I think they were really efficient about getting from scene to scene in general in this show. Yeah. I think they were really, the scene changes were really quick. Katie, time to watch her back. Katie, time to turn and thing I well two more things actually I liked how they um had Janice obviously I said I liked I'd rather be me but I like how she that was like that was like in the gym scene that was kind of her scene like I like they how they made that about her and I also liked how um the mom Miss Norbury and uh the other mom like Regina's mom were all the same person uh who was who was that again we saw we saw her in Beetlejuice Harry Butler oh yeah. she's great it was so funny and I love that they combined it um, all, overall, rating 10 out of 10. 10 out of 10. Oh, so much fun. Yes. Yeah, I loved it. Okay, let's talk about awards. So this show was nominated for Drama Desks. It was nominated for Book, Choreography, Costume Design, Featured Actor, Feature Actress for both Ashley Park and Kay Rockwell. Lyrics, Musical, projection design and wig and hair design and it won book for the drama desks for the drama leagues it was nominated for taylor louderman ashley park and for outstanding production it won none for outer critic circle it was nominated for erica henningson for outstanding actress also taylor louderman for outstanding actress um outstanding book outstanding director outstanding featured actress outstanding featured actress twice actually for carrie butler and ashley park um, outstanding musical and projection design um, and it won for book and going into the Tonys it was nominated for best leading actress for Taylor Louderman best book best choreography best costume design best direction uh, best featured actor for Gray Henson best featured actress for Ashley Park best musical best orchestrations best original score best scenic design and best sound design and my take on this is that it didn't win any Tonys because the band's visit won everything. 
And people went into the Tonys being like, Tina Fey is going to win Best Book. They usually don't even air Best Book on the telecast. It's usually one of those awards they do, like during commercials or whatever, because people don't even care. But they literally telecasted it because they thought Tina Fey was going to win. So they thought people would watch it. I was shocked when they won literally nothing. Like I, because they were nominated for so much. And also, might I add, if you were listening to all those nominations, so many different actresses, actresses and actors were nominated. Like the entire cast was stacked. Like Kate Rockwell, Ashley Park, like they were all nominated and they were even they were just like featured like they weren't even it's crazy how strong that cast was and oh, they, Kate, Kate Rockwell wasn't nominated in Tony's no no sorry not Tony's but I mean just like in general like out of all those oh yeah words like so many people were nominated and they won like it's just crazy to me I mean I personally think that Tony's was rigged because also I thought Ethan whatever his name was that was Spongebob oh Ethan Slater's the one, the one for Spongebob yeah yes. Uh-huh. Yes, it was rigged because no one likes band's visit. Sorry, I'm going off now, but that was so annoying because I'm getting so mad again. I don't hate the band's visit. I just think that like we had better options this season to choose from. But I just, I think it's a little boring, the band's visit, but I think the music's really good. And I think that makes up for like the rest of the show. But we'll talk about that when we talk about that side of the season. Right. Um, but yeah, no, we love Mean Girls. Mean Girls is great. We do. Okay, should we go next? Yeah. Okay, the next show we're going to talk about really briefly is Children of a Lesser God, because I saw this revival. Um, this was the first revival, I believe, of this show. It is based off of a movie, or no, it was a play, turned into a movie, revived again, I guess. Um, but the movie was nominated for a bunch of Oscars, and it's basically about this guy who is a teacher who works at a school for the deaf, and there's this woman who um, works there. I think she was like the cleaning lady and he kind of falls in love with her and she's deaf. So they learn to like communicate through, he's a hearing person, she's a deaf person. It was a perfectly pleasant few hours. It was a very good show. I was yeah, into the story. That sounds really interesting. Yeah, no, it was, it was really good. I liked it, but like, I don't know. Sometimes I forget I saw it. It was right. nominated for one Tony um, for Lauren Ridloff, who played the lead actress, who was um, the main character. Um, her name was Sarah. The main character's name is Sarah. Uh, and she's the deaf woman who works at the school. She and actually she was very good. Was she deaf in real life? Yes. Oh, that's awesome. And I feel like that's all I need to say about that is because, I don't know, it wasn't that significant of a play in terms of things this season, other things that I saw. Right. Yeah, Marley um, Marley Matlin was the girl in the movie, and she like got famous because of it. Ma- Val Marley Matlin was on Switched at Birth. Um, she was um, what's his name? Emma's mom. Emma's mom. Yeah, I know exactly. She's like a famous. And she's, she's a- like the most. She's like the most famous deaf actress there is. Right. right. Yeah. No, Marley Matlin was in Spring Awakening. Um, which we talked yeah. about last episode. Right, right, right. Um, okay. Next show we're going to talk about is Carousel. Love. Did any of you guys see this revival? We well, did. So, they, so did I. Funny so, story. We come from Away in Carousel, and we decided to see Come From Away. But Lindsay saw Carousel. Which is the, which is the better option. Yeah, I agree. Even though I never saw Carousel, I was happy we saw Come From Away because I sobbed at Come From Away, but that's a story for another time. So yeah, Come From Away was great. Um, but Carousel, when did when did you see it, Lindsay? Carousel. Um, I think I saw it. I think I saw it. I either saw it spring break break of 2018 or in the summer of 2018, but I don't think it's in this book, which means it's before the summer of 2018. Yeah, it's didn't um it didn't run for very long it closed the following September it opened I know like it opened in like April I saw it in previews I actually saw the first weekend of previews I again I thought it was good it was just one of those things where compared to so many other things I've seen it really didn't stand out but I will say Joshua Henry was insane like yeah yeah he was amazing wait correct me if I'm wrong but Jesse Mueller was in it right yeah, yeah, and she was great too. He just really stole the show. Okay. I mean, it was really his. And Renee Fleming as well. And Lindsay Mendez, who won a Tony for it. Lindsay Mendez is my girl, yeah. 
She's great. Uh, and it was nominated for a lot of stuff. It was nominated for Joshua Henry, Jesse Mueller, um, and the Drama Desks, choreography. Let's just go straight to the Tonys for this one. Um, for Tonys, it was nominated for Joshua Henry for Best Actor, Jesse Mueller for Best Actress, Best Choreography, Best Costume Design, Best Featured Actor for Alexander Gemignani, Best Featured Actress for Lindsay Mendez, which won, Best Featured Actress for Renee Fleming, um, Best Lighting Design, Orchestrations, Revival, and Sound Design. It only won for Featured Actress for Lindsay Mendez. Um, Didn't it win Choreography? Oh, no, wait. It did win Choreography. Okay, so it won two times. Yeah. Okay, good. Yeah, I loved the choreography in this. I all, I especially loved that one song. They performed it on the Tonys. I don't know what it was called. Yep. But I think it was the, Blow High, Blow Low, right? Yeah, with the boats. That was good. I like that. That was amazing. Um, but yeah, what were your thoughts on it? Yeah, then? and the, that was... What? I like it. I was looking because the choreographer was... Um, he was from Save You Can Dance. What his name? Just, Justin Peck. Oh, sure. He was on, he did, uh, maybe he didn't on Save You Can Dance. I thought he was, but um, Justin Peck, he's a super, I think he was like the youngest choreographer to win best choreography yet. Um, but yeah, I really liked it. I mean, it's another one of those old school shows that's not exactly like my cup of tea, but Jesse Mueller was amazing. Josh Henry was amazing. Um it's kind of like an outdated show at this point and like they were like talking about like rape and like abuse the whole time and it was just like I just realized that it's this girl who just like literally puts up with like this abuse over and over again yeah and it's just kind of like not exactly like the type of story that we need in the 21st century but um as far as revivals go they did a really great job with it and the choreography was absolutely the best part for me yeah so I feel like it was a very, like, what we would expect of yeah. a revival of Carousel. Right, right. I remember Caroline and my friends, Caroline and, and Skylar saw it, and they, like, and Caroline fell asleep during the entire thing. She was just, like, not having it. Yeah, no, that's, um, it's, it's, like, slow. If you're not invested, if you're not thoroughly invested in the mm-hmm. plot, it's not gonna, Yeah. Do we want to talk about Harry Potter? Wait, so are we talking about Harry Potter now, right? Yes. Yeah, Harry Potter is the best. So. Yeah, I mean, my office, so my my summer internship, I, you know, my office, also, the roundabout office also cast, not roundabout, but Jim Carnahan's office cast Harry Potter too. So my summer internship, I spent most of my summer working on Harry Potter. Um, so at the end of the summer, I saw the show and then I saw it again when I was there again. So I saw both casts. And um, it's just the best. It's just so good. I mean, it's one of those plays, like, unlike Angels, where um, it's not really about individual performances and more about, like, the collective ensemble and, like, the collective show as a whole. Um, But it's so good. I mean, it's really more about the stage magic and all that stuff, like, still get baffled by all the magic tricks you know even after seeing it twice and still like yeah the magic how do they do that and it's so good it's so good um and they keep you they keep you on your toes for four acts um and they and they make it it's pretty accessible for even if you don't know harry potter i mean they kind of like explain everything and go back in the history of a little bit i mean it's a little confusing but generally speaking like it's a whole new plot line um so yeah projections magic props all that is just really good I think that I think that Um, Harry Potter will be one of those shows that kind of like runs forever like it's just gonna always be there really no it's not going to be I wish it was um but it's an expensive show that's in two parts and I already hear 
turnings that they potentially want to cut it down into one part when it comes back um, because of COVID. They don't want people like coming back. <laughs> and that's weird to me. Um, I don't think I that don't, like. I don't know if that's true. That's a very much a rumor that I was reading. I think that would really ruin it. Um, but it was, but it's, I, it's definitely a very expensive show that is relying heavily on tourism. And a lot of people don't want to, if they just come to New York for a weekend, they don't want to spend like their whole day at the theater, which is what you have to do in order to see both parts. And I think before the pandemic, you weren't allowed to buy just one part. Like you have to buy tickets to both parts. So, you know, it, it's hard to maintain, honestly. But I mean, it'll definitely come back, and I hope it. I hope it revitalizes a little bit. But um, it's yeah, it's 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 an amazing show, and I would definitely value. You should definitely try to see. I mean, it's expensive, but it's really really something else it's such an amazing theatrical experience it's the other poster on my wall that we can um, no listen yeah, if, really it was to, if it were up to me I would be there tomorrow but there's this thing called the pandemic and I really um can't do anything about it but as soon no, as, I know as soon as it comes back I will be going yes I'm gonna go too I'm gonna reclaim I my know. my uh Harry Potter worthiness you okay. gotta, you gotta finish. I know. I really, I have to finish what I started. Um, okay. <laughs> we can like, I feel like that's good, right? Yeah. Yeah. So we can finish it up now. Um, so this was spring 2018. I know it was very informative and kind of long, but we hope you guys enjoyed. And as always, Broadway vibes only. Um, thank you, Lindsay, for coming in. Do you have any closing thoughts um no thank you for having me and i'm excited for when theater comes back so we can have like new things to talk about yeah i'm so excited i know that's gonna be so fun mm-hmm. just like getting theater back on track yeah so thank you so much guys um we are signing off now we will see you on episode three coming soon don't worry it'll be here before you know it and yeah bye guys Hey guys, I just wanted to add one more thing. Um, after we recorded this podcast, we actually made an Instagram. It's at Broadway Vibes Only Podcast on Instagram. So feel free to follow us. We'd really appreciate your support. Um, and we can't wait to go on this journey with you guys. All right, bye guys. Thanks. friends screwed you over acted nice when she not nice well i have some advice because it's happened to me twice here's my secret strategy it always works because the world doesn't end it just feels like it does so raise your right finger and solemnly swear whatever they say about me Say you make me mad And if you treat me bad I'll say you're bad And if I eat alone from this moment on That's just what I'll do Cause I'd rather be me I'd rather be me I'd rather be me Than be with you We're supposed to all be ladies And be nurturing and care Is that really fair? Boys get to fight, we have to share Here's the way that that turns out We always understand how to slap someone down with our underhands So here's my right finger To how girls should behave Cause sometimes what's meant to break you Makes you brave So I will not act all innocent I won't fake apologize Let's just fight and then make up not tell these lies